Today's episode is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is an organic superfood supplement line that makes quality, trusted nutrition convenient and accessible. Their most popular product, Green Juice, solves the problem of juicing greens on the go. Just add water, drink, and let your body soak up the benefits. Visit Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, to learn more about an exciting offer for you, our podcast listeners. Today's show is also brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ is an insurance agency that does things just a bit differently. They help health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, vegans, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash success or mention the promo code success when you talk to a Health IQ agent. And now to today's show. I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am, and I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. Stop being gazelles, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ. Joined, as always, by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Wesley Phillips. What's going on? Douglas, the insider, Thomas. Oh, the insider. The insider. <laughs> and uh, and not, a, not a guest, but a family member uh, on the podcast. We try to bring him in here once a month if we can, where we can get a, a couple minutes of his time. Uh, Mr. Joshua Hatch. What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me back again. Josh, what's your middle name? Kenneth. Oh, is, I, Kenneth. What is it? Kenneth. Oh, Kenneth. K-E-N-N-E-T-H. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, hey, we may have to, you know what I'm saying? We might have to switch up your moniker here shortly. So <laughs> just curious um, to see what's going on, man. Uh, let's, we, I feel like, man, I don't know why, but I feel like we haven't been on in a minute. Um, Real quick, E, I saw you on TV last night. Um, <laughs> you, you were on TV the whole game, sitting right behind the uh, North Carolina bench. And, uh, man, what an amazing finish. I know you were there kind of with the North Carolina squad, and yeah. they, got, uh, they got hit with a buzzer beater. So yeah, how was that you know experience? They, they took it pretty well, though. It was funny. Um, uh, Joe uh, Barry, he was just talking about the Villanova game. You know, and what, what an experience it is to be able to talk about taking an L with a buzzer beater. He was just like, yo, we, we just get, teams love to get the buzzer beaters on us. You know what I'm saying? That mm. was his thing. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he talked about, of course, Miami. He talked about Villanova. He talked about Duke, you know. But I think what was interesting is, you know, he made mention of the fact that you, you lost the Final Four to Villanova. But then you come back to the Final Four the next year and win it all, you know. And, uh, you know, his thing was, yo, here's, my, here's our last ride. You know, let's try to make this thing happen. And I think what was so unique about being, you know, in North Carolina, this has never happened to me before, being with a team, you know, and being able to get that experience. I didn't necessarily speak. good friend of mine, you know, who's like a brother, Eric Manley, his, uh, his son, Sterling Manley, is the center freshman center for the squad, you know, but being in an arena where you just won a national title, like, bro, I can't explain to you the electricity, you know, and so you hear a lot of teams say, we ain't finished yet, <laughs> but it's different when you 
say, we ain't finished yet, and you won last year, and then when you look up in the space where they do the banners, Josh, it's only room for one more, you know? Wow. And it's like, yo, that's a crazy experience, you know what I'm wow. saying? My man, he pointed up, you're like, look, we only got space for one more, you know what I'm saying? So let's make this number eight. And I'm just like, wow, that's, yeah, that's pretty, um, yeah, that's pretty impressive. So it was, a, it was an electricity that, you know, I've been in arenas before, you know, I've been around great programs before, but of course, this is yeah, this just the energy, man, and the anticipation was on a different level. Yeah, I saw you stand up too when when my man hit the shot, when Joe Barry hit the shot. I saw you stand up, but then the camera went to the other side of the court. I didn't catch the reaction when my man from Miami buried that joint. <laughs> you know what? It was, you know, it's it's weird, guys. And I guess this what this, you know, this is what happens, and people need to. Um, you know, those of you listening to the podcast, man, really take heed. It's the weirdest thing, but I guess when you're a champion, you understand that there's wins and losses. So, you know, they were hurt, but I promise you, bro, they weren't they weren't hurt, hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was the craziest thing. It was like, you know, Barry was teasing. He was making, he was cracking jokes about it, you know, and it was senior night, you know? And so he was like, yeah, of course we would have wanted to win the last game, but he was like, yo, Let's not trip. We got one more game, you know, next week against, I guess maybe Saturday against Duke. And he was like, yo, let's go chase this. Let's go chase the championship. So that's why I'm saying, like, when you've won it all, you, you understand that, you know, in the season where you win it all, you're going to lose some games, you're going to win some games, you know. Um, and the fact that, and it was funny because uh, Coach Williams was saying, like, yo, I really thought we was going to come back and win it. You know, and he was like, we really did win. We just ran out of time. And, and so I'm just saying, even the way that they were discussing it um, during senior night was un it was funny. <laughs> like, yo, I'm not trying to be funny, but most programs, if you would have lost on senior night, I mean, it would have been devastating, you know. But I guess to them, their goal wasn't their ultimate goal is not necessarily to win at home. Their ultimate goal is to win the championship. And so I guess they were able to keep the loss in perspective because it was like, yeah, we might have lost that game, but we we but we still have the opportunity to go back to the final four for the third time straight, you know, and, and win this thing. So yeah, just a weird, like I said, I'm I'm used to if we take Well, you're air, from Detroit I'm where crushed. we hang playoff banners. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Right, just for making right. it to the playoffs. Yeah. We got a banner for making it to the playoffs. That's <laughs> next level. And it's weird. No, I'm serious, Josh. We have we literally yeah, we have banners at Ford Field for playoff appearances. Yeah. That's, but you know what's crazy? crazy? I, was gonna ask e. I was just gonna say real quick, Josh, they didn't have that we made it to the final four against Villanova banner hanging. You know, and it's like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah. Like you don't have that, like, they didn't have in there, like, the Final Four appearance boys. You know what I'm saying? They, they literally have the championships hanging, bro. They, they're not, you don't see where they went to the Final Four. That might have been, like, in the practice facility or something. But they hang the, we won the <laughs> finals championship banners, bro. It's unbelievable. Hmm. <laughs> yep, go for it, Josh. That's crazy. Yeah, I was just going to ask E. He's been, to, he's been to about every stadium and every sport. And what, what do you think that the effect of having those banners hanging on the teams that are coming and visiting and playing as opposed to going somewhere mm. like Detroit mm. and seeing those championship banners. I mean, when you walk no in, intimidation you at Ford Field when you walk <laughs> yeah, in and, see. <laughs> and you but see the you playoffs, in, man. You walk in, <laughs> no, yeah, and then you walk into North Carolina and there's one spot left and you're looking and you're seeing you're the history, you know the NBA players, you know the pedigree, you know, 
You Bruh. know the expectations. You know what you're getting yourself into. Josh, let me just say this before I give a lesson. I've been around the world, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's while I'm always grateful and appreciative, you know, I come to a place I want to learn. Bro, I was in there like, yo, MJ went here. And, hmm. and, and what happens is when they come out, man, Josh, like, I just think everybody needs to try to experience this once. I'm talking about the music was louder. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, the music was louder. The DJ was was pumped up, you know, and when it comes on, it's like, I'm a, I'm a Tar Heel. And you see, like, Michael Jordan, I'm a Tar Heel. You know, Kenny Jet Smith, I'm a Tar Heel. You know, and it's just like, whoa, like, yo, this... Yeah, Rasheed Wallace, you know, of course, I'm a Piston. So Rasheed came to us, helped us win the championship, you know. So it was just a different, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different level, like I said, of expectation. Like people walk in and, and, and it's not a we're going to make a run atmosphere. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're going to try to elite eight, final four. Like, no, in their mind, they're literally believing that every year they have a chance to win it all. Like not just go, not experience it, but win it all. And you could literally feel that in the atmosphere. And I think that's the difference. You know, there are kids who've been fortunate enough to grow in certain homes and they come with the expectation of, oh, I'm going, you know, I look at um, a young lady at our church I went to college with, uh, Simone um, Jobert, you know, is her maiden name, but now uh, uh, Dr. Arrington. You know, and I always watch her. It's like this ease she has about being, you know, a physician. But she tells me like, yo, my father was a surgeon. So it's not, you know, while I'm grateful that I am, you know, in the medical field, like I watched my father do it my whole life. And so that's what it is, man. It's this, it's, you know, it's this expectation. And I don't truly understand it because I'm doing something in my family, you know, that has never been done before. So while I have much respect for my parents, they taught me a lot. The business thing and, and having a legacy, that's kind of new. You know what I'm saying? That's not something that we, we grew up with. And so, man, I'm just looking at them. It's like, yo, if we can instill those type of expectations. But it's like CJ used to say years ago, you see a kid in the neighborhood who sees drugs and sees people selling drugs. Like, yo, that as frightening as it may sound, those are his expectations. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's his norm. So, yeah, I saw something yesterday and I said, yo, I have to do my part of making sure that when I travel to these schools, it's just not about inspiring. It's just not about pumping these kids up and motivating these kids, but really giving them the tools to say, yo, how do you create something that has never been, you, you didn't see it. That's a different dynamic. And I've got to think through that. And, th- and, and, and as C always says, reverse engineer to kind of think of how do you give kids a toolbox that says, draw something you've never seen in your mind. You, you know what I'm saying? Like create something that, that doesn't exist in your world. Uh, but I just believe we have what it takes to make that happen. But going forward, that's my new thing. It's like, yo, you really got to get the kids these tools that they need, you know, to get to that next level. <laughs> yeah, that's no, and, and just to change the subject a tad bit, I was wondering yesterday, um, because at the game, of course, you were sitting next to Jalen and he was there in uh, a work capacity. And I was just one. I was sitting there, I was like, man, I wonder what it's like. I never really asked you what it's like to have Jalen working side by side with you now that you know mm-hmm. sometimes when P- 
passed and he's with the company and, and doing his thing. And um, I saw y'all sitting next to each other at the game and I'm like, wow, I wonder how the relationship or the dynamics of the relationship changed or stayed the same or, you know, how, how that situation worked out. So run that down to us. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I man, I got to give Jalen's mom, you know, mad respect, man. You know, Didi is, a, um, you know, Didi is, is very in touch and in tune. And so, you know, even though she flew from Charlotte to Nashville with me, then back here for the game specifically, Didi was like, yo, I'm not going. I, you and your son just need to spend time alone. You know, and Didi knows that, that you know what I'm saying, I'm not trying to separate from her. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? You ain't come all the way here not to get that experience. And Diddy was like, no, you and your son need to bond. You know, y'all need some time alone. And that's not a, her a term I've heard in a long time. Jalen grown. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Since he's been in college. I mean, we may go grab something to eat or do whatever, but I, I, I don't see that. You know, I, when, of course, when he was you know, middle school playing football when he was a freshman. You know, of course, I'm into that. But now I'm like, hey, he grown, boo. You know what I'm saying? My wife's like, no, 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 no. We don't need family time right now. You need, like, alone time with your son. And he had a friend of his who uh, was also a manager, Jalen. He was a manager uh, for Michigan State as well. And Jalen's here working for Whirlpool, which I thought was great because, like, Jalen's getting a chance to connect with his boys who didn't necessarily, who, who, you know what I'm saying, who were great kids, but didn't necessarily have the opportunity he had. So now you were the guy that, your homeboy that had to take a job and, you know, in Jalen's mind, his friend, Jalen's like, yo, I've got dreams and goals. I'm just going to have to start at Whirlpool, you know what I'm saying, in order to get to that next level. And he specifically said he moved here because of the triangle, the, the North Carolina State, the Duke, you know, uh, and then University of North Carolina. So he's talking about how it's a lot of young professionals here and he came here intentionally. And so just seeing them meet, you know, it's just like, wow, this is crazy. Because I'll be real, for those of you listening, you know, um, Jalen's thought process was Rock Nation. I still have a great relationship with my boy Joe Branch, uh, but just the financial package that, you know, that they were considering, especially being in New York, it just, I mean, it just wasn't there. So it, it, I'm not going to say it was like a happenstance, but Jalen and I talked. And so maybe the first, you know, six, seven months that he was with the company, see, he was still trying to find himself. So we didn't really have a, I, I didn't really see it as he's working for the company. It was kind of like he was finding himself. And so recently he had a conversation with his boy Gary Harris on some business in terms of sports. And he came back, bro, I'm just going to be real. Like, you know, I ain't one of them fathers that, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't protect my kids in, like, in a sense that like I, and, and again, I'm not disrespecting parents that are listening, but I, I don't try to make up stuff for my kid. Like if he bad, he bad. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not one of those parents that feel the need to, uh, say my son's getting 3.0s when he's getting a 1.5. You know what I'm saying? So for me, in the beginning, it was just like, yo, I told my son, like, you got a year. From the time I hired you to a year, like, if you're not producing, I'm going to have to let you go. Like, I, I, I have put money aside for you and your sister, but you grown. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't take care of you for the rest of your life. And so after he left that meeting in Denver and came back, see, he just been, bro, he, we, we went out to eat yesterday and of course, you know, he doesn't do the vegan thing, but he was like, I'll hang out with you guys. He went and got his computer and was doing work. And when he was here, he was, him and his boy was meeting and they were like strategizing like, yo, we all work together at Michigan State. We need to come back together as managers and dominate this space, you know? So as a father, when you're seeing like that, that, that 
I had a tiger on your son. Like, yo, we about to go out here and get this money. You know what I'm saying? We about to go out here and make a change with these kids. It's like now I feel like, see, like that freshman guard you had that when he first came to the, you know, it, it was difficult to make that transition. But now I see like, yep, he's about to take a part of the company, you know, make it his own. And he going to go out here and hunt and get his own. And as a father, that's what that's what you want to see. Like, I see that dog in him now. You know what I'm saying? I see it. I see that eye, in, uh, eye of that tiger. And he's a competitive kid. You know what I'm saying? So I see him, like, looking at it like Jamal's story with his boys being in the league. I see Boog like, all right, I got, I got to get mine. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, this was a very strategic move, you know, coming here because it wasn't a paid gig. I didn't get an opportunity to speak to the team or do anything like that. But when we left and we were coming back, my son was like, yo, dad, thanks for this opportunity. I understand what an opportunity it was being there. Um, I don't know what happened, bro, but you know, life, man, Barry is graduating. His mom and dad are from Orlando. They happened to, um, the, the superintendent of schools that brought me in, his mom and her are close. You know, the schools see that I'm the feeder school, high school Jones, she was actually Miss Jones back in, uh, so she was the, the, you know, the senior, in, I mean, what is the king and queen? She, she was actually that, I think in 85 or 89. So she was like, yo, you coming to my hometown, Orlando? We gotta hook up. So just the way everything, man, last night came together, it was um, phenomenal. And one day, man, I'll talk about just being in the shoot around as a leader, watching another leader and watching you know, just how Roy, you know, Williams does his things, man. It was just, it was just eye-opening, bro. Yeah, let me know if you ever got any extra tickets uh, for me and Carl and Josh to attend <laughs> oh, one. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just down the road. I'm just, I'm just exactly. Josh. I, I'm not uh, far. Josh, I, Josh ain't far. I had to go uh, first, though, Josh. Hey, I had I'm to go a, first, one Josh. One flight away. To, yeah, I, I had to go first, Josh. To I mean, the wow. Territory. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, a, a ticket. You know what I'm saying? I, just, I sit in the nosebleeds, man. I just want to come soak up some of this information with you. Um... Carl, how, how's the best life ever? You got to catch us up, man. You, you caused right. a lot of stir on the podcast last oh, week dude. with the best life ever. Everybody's living their best day ever. I'm talking catch about us ever. up. Are we still on the wave or oh, do we have a bad day something. in between? Hey, I'm pushing the doggone wave now. Bump the wave. I'm pushing that joint. No, I'm talking about higher. See, nothing. My wife and I talked last night. And I was telling her, it's crazy. I, I still, E, I really wish I had something to tell you that that was the switch. I don't have it. I'm just telling you, like, I'm sitting down and I'm, everything's happening. Just like before, I'm tired at 9 o'clock at night and my kids starting to act crazy or whatever. But it's just not the same. Nothing is the same no more. It's like, all right, whatever. Let's deal with it. Yesterday, see, I literally, again, again, just taking things into my own hands. I'm like, you know what? My kids started playing Uno, like Didi used to tease us. We had Jesse playing Uno at like two years old, like playing for real, for real. Yesterday I introduced them jokers to Monopoly. I'm like, what am I waiting for? Let me teach these kids about some investments now. Like I'm, I'm on, I, I can't tell y'all what's different. I can't tell y'all, but I'm just saying like, yo, and it was hilarious. So we actually had Monopoly on the Wii. Like, I don't know if y'all know what the Wii is. Some of our listeners, y'all might be too young. The Wii is the thing that, it's a, it's a game device before y'all had all the fancy stuff. Um, wow, that's crazy. But, 
The Wii. You remember when Jalen yeah, and Jada bro. first got it? Everybody we could send messages. Had oh, every, everybody the whole, had the Wii. I'm talking like about know what that movie. is now. Yeah, it was like the no, Black no Panther movie, bro. The Wii is like oh. Atari now. You know what I'm saying? That's for real. For real. So I still had one of them joints. As a matter of fact, I still think I got the one y'all had. That Jay, I think Jalen and Jalen must have left it at my house or something. So I turned that joker on, and Jordan was like, yo, let's look at them. He called him something. He, can, he couldn't say Monopoly. But anyway, I put that joker in, see, and you talk about what you were just saying about Moni uh, um, being exposed oh, to being right, a doctor, right, that right. kind of stuff. What you and Jay going to tell him? Like, yo, I have no excuse for not exposing my kids to something. Now, I can't guarantee my kids going to be investors in a couple of years or whatever. But I'm like, yo, they're going to know something. So we're sitting down talking yesterday. And my wife and I are talking. And Jordan was like, yo, let's just put the game on. So we put the game on for a second. And, bruh, to hear them discussing about whether they're going to buy or sell a property my daughter's three and my son is five. And to hear, <laughs> put it in perspective, to hear them discussing, like, yeah, I don't think you should buy that one. Because that one, yeah, I don't know. That, that seemed a little high. Yep, no, how much is that one? 260 No, you don't have enough money in the bank for that. And I'm sitting there like, whoa, what are you doing right now? So to, to answer your question, oh, man, sure, meanwhile, at the Quinny household, we fighting over, <laughs> did you wipe your butt good enough? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I got no, a, man. I'm checking Trey uh, underwear to see if he actually wiped or he just said he wiped. <laughs> the skin marks. Right, right, right. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just I'm just in that place, man, where I'm not waiting for it no more. Like I'm gonna push it, and and there's a part of me that I feel like, yo, you late in the game. You ain't too late, but you late. But you could get your kid started on anything now. My brother said we had a conversation yesterday. My brother was saying. He was looking into like private school options and stuff. And he was just saying, like, dude, do you know what would happen if instead of paying for college, private school, whatever, we just invested, found out what your kids were interested in? You know what I mean? Like early. If you could find that out and invest all that money that you would spend into them and that activity from uh, whatever age. Yeah, but just, when they turn 18 and change their mind, you gotta choke well, them out. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, there's that hey, risk. I said something the other day, and um, Josh, you can elaborate on it if you like. But we were just talking about, you know, I was calling Josh saying, hey, while I'm excited, you know, uh, for what Jalen is, you know, focusing on, you know, let's kind of, you know, Josh, if I wasn't his father and this was a business he was doing, you know, kind of what would be the structure? Like, you know, break mm -hmm. this down so that we can, you know, whatever. And Josh was like, yo, he about to, he, he's about to literally, instead of going and getting an MBA from a major university, he's about to literally get an MBA. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, that's deep, you know? And there are people out there, Josh, who can't afford to go to college and who are like, you know, going through it. Like, I can't afford to go to college. When in reality, Josh, they could start something and pick up those same skill sets by going to volunteer or whatever. So if you can elaborate on that, because I just thought that was deep, because Jalen's mom is always like, yeah, you need to go back and get your master's. And I was like, whoa, Josh just said, Jalen has the opportunity to get an MBA based on the work that he's about to do. Yeah, I just, so I, I see people, especially when it comes to grad school, I've seen people that, that they go to grad school to buy time. They don't know what they wanna do. So instead of doing something, they, they know that they can stay in school. So whether that means that they, they go to the well to their parents or they go and try to get scholarships or they get a job and try to work through school, it's comfortable. And I'm a, I'm a, I think grad school is hugely important if you know what you're doing. But, but when people say, hey, I can't, I can't afford to go get my MBA, you, you literally can go get a job working for somebody, getting real life experience, and you're getting paid 
to get an MBA. So now you're not even going in debt. You're learning the business. Mm. The same things you're learning in business school, except it's real time. It's not in a classroom and it's not theory. And E, one of the, I actually learned this from one of the private equity groups that um, I worked with a couple years ago. They would take kids from college, college interns, and they could work for them for two years through college. And then they would, they would fire them. And they'd have to go work for two years. And then they'd have to come back and reapply. That was their strategy. One of the top private equity groups in the West. They put them to work for two years as an intern. They, would, they, would, they, they couldn't work an extra day. They'd fire them. The people knew it was coming. They'd have to go out to the workforce and prove what they could get done. Basically, a paid MBA and then come back and reapply. And if they got results out in the real world, they could come back and work for the company. And I thought it was brilliant. Hmm. No, that wow. is brilliant. You're making people yeah. uh, put up and show what they can actually do. I love it. Um, no, it makes a lot of sense, man. I want to... Real quick, man, just um, obviously, man, we've been on the road and, and doing our thing, man. And, um, you know, there's there's obviously we get a ton of feedback and a ton of people, you know, asking about their careers, their life in general, just all of those things. And one of the main things uh, that I love about this group and that I love about what we've been able to do and what we're still doing um, in any industry. And I guess it, it kind of like for me has been sparked a little bit by you know, watching Toby uh, grow, for those of you who don't know, Toby uh, Nwigwi, uh, our artist, our musical artist, uh, was on Sway, one of the biggest hip hop platforms in the world the other day. And, you know, the buzz and the energy around it is just crazy. And I was sitting there and I was literally thinking about, you know, when we started this journey, like Toby and I were sitting in a car and I don't know, we were like waiting on some food or something to take back you know, to the wives or what was going on, but he just started rapping. And I was like, yo, and like, it's, I'm like, who wrote that? And he's like, I did. And I'm like, bro, what? I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And he's like, you think so? And I was like, yeah, I was like, do you rap like for real? He's like, nah, not for real. Just like, you know, playing around. He was like, I just love it. I just never put anything into it. And from that moment on, I think, you know, we kind of started down this journey all the way to now, you know, you take four years later, um, he's on one of the biggest hip hop platforms. His following is going crazy. He's getting some of these videos. He's got got like a hundred thousand views and all this stuff. And I was thinking the other day, so many people are scared to get started because they don't know what the end outcome is. And I just wanted to get some feedback from you guys because e, there was a time when you start speaking, right? You started your speaking career and you weren't exactly sure you know, what to do, what to charge. Did you have contracts? Did you have this? Somewhere along, along the line, Carl, you just had to start with the editing and the software and, you know, trying to dig into, you know, what it is that we needed you to do. For me, you know, trying to be a president of a company and branding and all of these things. And Josh, you know, obviously with the companies you started, walking away from your job and just starting a company and literally just figuring it out on the fly. One of the quotes that Josh said the other day was, stop waiting to make the right decision, make a decision and make it right. And I was like, wow. And I hear so many people like, well, I want to get started with this. Well, I want to leave my job and I want to start this, but I'm, you know, I'm not sure how to, when is the, I guess for my question, if you guys, you know, I'll put it to you in the form of a question. When is the opportune time to start something? You know what I mean? Like, and, and I want to answer that for those people out there who, you know, are, are just getting started or thinking about getting started and, and are scared to pull the trigger on that. 
is there a correct time? Do I, should I do like, is there like 40 hours of research I need to do before I start something? When is the correct time to get started? How do you get past those nerves of getting started and, and really get that experience? Josh, you just kind of alluded to into, in you know, in, in terms of like getting that MBA, that real world MBA, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I'll go, I'll, I'll go first. See, I think it depends on the, it depends on the person, the circumstance. So for a blanket answer of when you should get started, but I do know this, um, nothing, nothing trumps experience, period, in, the, in, the, in, in starting something. And so what you realize when you get going is it's actually not as scary as you think it is. And I think as humans, we all have this part of our brain where if it starts at, where you start thinking, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna take this leap of faith and I'm gonna get started on something. And I think as humans, we all have this thing that, that you go to worst case scenario really quick. So it goes from, okay, I'm gonna start this, and then you, then you start peeling it back and you go, but then I may not be very good. And then really quickly your brain goes to, and then, um, and then I'm gonna fail, and then my family's gonna lose their house, and then we're all gonna die. And we go from excitement to worst case scenario in 30 seconds huh. in our head, because, huh. because it's scary. And what you realize is the worst case scenario, I'm trying to think of someone I know, worst case scenario that put all into everything, and I don't know if I know anyone that has a, a, a story that I would say is an absolute horror story. There are challenges, but, but you have to get going. And I, and I just believe the longer you sit and wait, and I'm, and I'm not a patient person when it comes to getting stuff off the ground, but the longer you sit and wait, the more you're gonna talk yourself out of it, but the more the people around you out of love, so not out of anything other than love of trying to protect you, they're gonna try to talk you out of it. And, and the more that's gonna make sense to you, and you need to sometimes just put your head down and just take that first step forward. And what you find out by doing that first step is it's actually not that scary. Sometimes people are scared to just get a, a company and, and legitimize it. To them, that's daunting because it's like, where do you go? How do you get documents done? How do you open a bank account? How do you, it seems so scary. How would I ever pay taxes? And you can get that done in 10 minutes. Hmm. But it sounds scary. So yeah, that's I'm, funny you say that, Josh. Yeah. I want you to keep going, but I, I just in my mind the other day, I was thinking because like I said, C's got us on this reflective thing. And I was I was like trying to get ready for that question. If somebody ever asked me, you know, in terms of decisions, and I was just thinking to myself, just like common sense, Josh, let's just say January 1st, you have to make a decision. On January 1st, you feel like, yo, I need to make a decision. Every day that you don't make it, like, just common sense, Josh, you're that much closer to no. You, you feel yep. me? Like, you're that much closer. Like, because January 1st, you knew you didn't need to make a decision. So by January 21st, you are 21 days from ha making that decision. You feel like you, you just 21 days went by where you didn't do anything. So you're actually closer to no than you are to right. yes. You yeah, know what I'm e, saying? And let, me, let me say this, e, and, and, and I want you to go back because... Like I said, I'm, you know, I, I do believe in giving out, you know, information that helped us. But then also, I'm not always sure that we did the right thing. So when we quit our jobs at Michigan State, we didn't have an LLC. We did not have the name of the company, right? Like, we didn't have any of that. Like, we just quit. Like, all right, cool. We about to, we about to grind. Like, re remember, like, this wasn't ETA. We didn't even come up with the name ETA for <laughs> much longer after we quit Michigan State. And so I'm saying... 
like, so for us, I think the advice is like, just get started, just go, like, you know, jump out the window and go after your dreams. And I'm not always sure that that's the right advice. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe there is a bunch of back work you need to do, and maybe it depends on the circumstance. But here now, I'm thinking about Carl, to be honest, E was, when I met E, E, you were my age, hmm. right? So like, think about that. Your kids were older than my kids. You know, you had your kids earlier in life than I did. But I met you when you were probably 35, 36, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, like so, I'm, yeah. So, so imagine that. So I'm trying to imagine myself now, right, Carl? Like I'm trying mm. to imagine myself at 35 saying, all right, I quit and I'm taking this risk. And I'm not even sure I would do that now. Like I was t- 22 when, when we did uh-huh. it, 23, it wasn't as scary. But I'm uh-huh. saying, E, when you think back to why you did that, how you did it, do you think other people should do it like that? Is that a smart decision? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, how well, do you rationalize yeah. that? Yeah, let me say this. You know, and, and again, Josh, just hearing you talk, it's just stuff that comes up. Because when you're doing it, Josh, I didn't record it. So a lot of stuff right. you got to ask or say, and then I'm like thinking about it. But I, I, I think I said in the presentation and Josh pulled me to the side, he was like, yo, what you said about Jalen not making money was like deep. I was like, yo, I don't need you to make money. I'm making money. Like I, my, my family does not need money right now. That's not what we need. What we need is another Michael Jordan. What we need is another Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? That's what we need. We, we need a kid who comes into the league with potential, you know, because, you know, once you got a Michael Jordan, you I mean, you, I'm sure the NBA and coaches could tell with a LeBron that, yo, this dude is going to not only be a great player. But what does that mean when you're a great player? You know, what I'm saying like, let's be real, Josh, when people come out of high school and go straight to the pros, a Moses Malone, you know, a Kevin Garnett, you know, it. I, I, I don't and I, and I want you guys to hear this. Because what social media does to you is it makes you focus so much on money that you start to think that money like trumps everything. And I'm telling you, there are teams that have gone broke on a uh, Odom Beckham, whatever my man. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not saying his name right. Greg Odom, you know, um, um, Sam Bowie. You know what I'm saying, Josh? Like there are people yep. who drafted Sam Bowie be, f- because of what it looked like he could possibly do. So to me, that's what I get excited about. I knew that, yo, I got a gift. When I speak, there's a group of people that respond to it that don't like motivational speaking. So, so I wasn't really on, I got to make money to feed my family. I was on like, yo, I got gold. I have something that's rare, that's unique. Like I have something that makes me happy. When I get up and I go speak, man, I feel great. And so I I just want you guys to know, I never did this to make money. Money is a byproduct of me just seeing that I had something and really just getting up every day and working on it. I don't see anything wrong with a job. And I, and I don't usually say nothing, see, because the millennials, like, this is a different generation, and I don't, I don't want to seem like some, like, old um, grouch. But, Josh, I never had a problem with working. As a speaker, I never wanted to stop speaking. Uh, or how, how should I say this, Josh? I never wanted to not work. 
I, I always wanted to work. I, I taught and, and was an uh, education. I mean, I was an English teacher and a speech teacher for some years, uh, a subbing. You know, then I went and came and did something for Oakwood University. Then I came to Michigan State. I taught at a couple of elementary, middle school. Like, I love work. I never wanted to quit working. I, I never had a, a dream of just speaking full time. But what happened was it got so good and we were in demand, see, that it was like, yo, we got to get an LLC. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, we got, and I think we did it the opposite way. We didn't do it before. We did it once we blew up because it was like, it was a demand. So for me, I just feel like, man, if you have something that's unique and rare and, you know, you love doing it and you do it well and people are requesting it, then, then you got to do something with that. So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a do the potential. Once I see potential, it, that's what I get excited about. I think all the other stuff will come, you know, if you're good at what you so do. So, e, e, let me, yeah, and one, one, one point really quick on that that I think is just really important, especially using your situation with, with Carl and CJ, and it's really a question for Carl and CJ, but if E, if e wasn't, if, if e wasn't so, um, didn't have the vision to start the company and, and was going to wait for all that stuff, would you have, would you have followed him? Because the conviction may have not been there, and and I, and yeah, I definitely, and I think that, and I think that's what what a lot of people miss with when they, when you're asking that question, see about making a decision, is is there conviction behind your decision? Because again, I I am a firm firm believer that um, that you do have to make a decision, then you have to make it right because you're not going to have all the information. But if you have conviction to find the answers, you'll find them. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and you're right about that. He did have a strong conviction behind that. Um, I think it's just the, the the fear of failure, you know what I mean, that that yeah. keeps people from doing it. And it kind of handcuffs you, right? Because you, you like you said, Josh, your, your mind literally goes to worst case scenario, right? Like you may have a job, you may have something that you're doing that's safe. And I think that safety is kind of, you know, what, what do they call it? The golden handcuffs can be the thing that kind of prevents you, to, you know, from doing it. Or maybe not, right? Because you run into people all the time who, you know, they really don't have a whole lot of anything going on, right? They don't have a big, cushy corporate job, you know, making six figures, and they're still, you know, scared to start. So I think it's just in your head, and I just wonder how, you know, yeah, each of you... See, why? I challenge, I'm challenging you on that. Like, come on, let's talk that through. Why, why, so, would, so, you, I yeah, got why you. would you think negative? Yeah, I don't understand that. And I got you. And that's kind of the piece that I talked about last week for real. Like, it's our limiting beliefs. Like, and Josh, you said something so critical, something small but critical. You said, yes, you will have challenges. And, and I don't know any successful person that has not gone through challenges. So just, again, just dealing with the, the way we think, the way we focus, what we focus on. You are going to see that, holy crap, yes, Oprah Winfrey is the biggest, baddest, you know, television personality on the face of planet Earth, but she had to go through this, she had to go through that, she had to go through this, she had to go, you know what I'm saying? So somehow we are, our, our, our brains, our beliefs, we're attracted to that, but here's the part that I want to challenge, and that's what I was going on last week. It takes just as much energy and effort to focus on that that it does that it could that it could work, and that's what I'm saying. Like starting today, Carl, last week, Carl, whatever. I don't mean to cut, go ahead, hey, go ahead, Carl, Josh. Sorry, I mean cut you off. It takes more to focus mm. on failing. Mm. It, it takes take more, more energy. It does because you sit and marinate on it because you're not taking any action. So mm. it actually takes more energy yep. to fail than it does to try. It, yep. it is it is the mental energy to actually. To, to work a business and to worry about the failure side of it is so much harder than the physical energy you have to put in to actually make that business turn. Hmm. 
And so, so the, the, it is harder to actually worry about failure than to go out and give it a try. So let me ask you guys this then. Are our brains naturally wired just to go towards the negative? Then just like as yes. humans, period? I believe so. Yes, I believe so. The hu- yeah, go ahead, we're, Josh. We're animals. Sorry, we're animals. We are, we are designed to survive, mentally mm. to survive. The brain is designed to survive. Get food, mm. sleep, take the path of least resistance. We, we're animals. Just look out in the wild. We work that same way. If a tiger goes and gets his meal, he eats, he goes, lays down, he sleeps until he needs to eat again. Then he gets up and goes and puts out effort. And so most humans work that same way. So yes, we're designed for the human as, a, as being a, an animal is naturally designed to take to, to avoid pain is probably the best way to put it. Hmm. So, but so isn't avoiding pain not thinking yeah. about the bad stuff? Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to challenge. Yeah, because I, I this is how I see. You it. see what I'm saying, Josh? Like I'm not yeah. trying. Like uh, I'm saying, avoiding pain would be like th- focusing on the happy stuff. In right. a logical way, see, but your brain is trying. Like <laughs> right, Josh said, your saying. brain. Your brain is trying to yep. protect you, so it puts you in a place where I'm not even going to go over there because this could go wrong. You know like what I love about this question? This what? is exactly why people don't start companies or they don't take the first step. This dance we're doing right now hmm. is exactly why people don't get going. But I'm just because saying, Josh, for me, Josh, and, I'm, and, and for real, I'm not saying it's trying to be like motivational. I, and I <laughs> guess because I was homeless, Josh, because I didn't do, you know, as well in school as, you know, the school system probably wanted me to. I, I guess for me, Josh, I never saw failure like as crippling, I never saw failure some bad. I actually said yep. to myself, like, yo, if we go out here and pursue this, like, yo, C legitimately had offers to be an academic advisor at universities. Carl had a doggone, not only did he have a degree, like he understood biology, like he got it, he gets it. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you showed him a little uh, a, a chart or something, he would know what the chart was talking about. So for me, Josh, I always looked at it as, <laughs> Bro, you could, you could go get a job. I love that. If you show Carl a chart, I don't care what the chart is. Anything. Show Carl a chart. I don't mean to cut you. Hey, give me two seconds. I don't mean to cut you, but I remember literally, see, like, he would do that. Like, it will be something in each textbook dog on it with sociology or something else that he's looking at. And he'd be like, yo, Carl, what does this mean? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, see, like, you know how people see, go to school and they get, like, A's and B's? But, but, but like, they don't really know a lot of stuff. Right, you know right. That was they don't me. really know a lot. Yeah. They just did their homework, <laughs> turn their homework me. in. Yeah, I'm like, yo, Carl really understands, like, how to learn. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm That not explains thinking. why his kids are doing real estate at three. <laughs> right, you feel me? And I'm saying and I'm being real. my kids try to wipe his butt. <laughs> yeah, so, so, Carl, if you were to go somewhere and do an interview, you would interview, and the interviewer would be able to tell, like, oh, yeah, this mm-hmm. kid knows his stuff. Oh, yeah, of course we're going to hire you. Like I said, C has always had the mind that he's had. So it would have been, a university would have easily said to C, come on board and, and, and take our program to the next level. So that's why, to me, it's weird because I don't see it as a risk, Josh. I see right, it as right. you can always mm-hmm. go back to that. That's going to be there. It's right. not like they still got you. I could probably resist. still go get that same job today. Yep. No, yep. see. I'm talking about making I- 65000 a year right now. Listen to me, and I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, so I won't say a name, but I just left the university, and I'm about to sit down with the president 
and the academic, I mean, the athletic director, and there's a possibility to bring the Advantage program to their university. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not rocket science. So, of course, the stuff that I was doing 12 years ago, people believe So you're I saying it's a bigger that. risk had we stayed? I, hmm. I, I think it's a bigger risk. So for me, it wasn't a risk. It's just like me saying to Didi, okay, good, thank you, uh, real plain. It was like me going to Didi at 19 and asking her to marry me. To me, see, it would be more of a risk asking her at 30 than it would be at 19. At 19, yeah. it's like, yeah. yo, it, you, I don't got a whole lot to lose. If you say no, we got the whole rest of our lives to break up and I can get with somebody else and you can get with somebody else and we can start well, to Not to mention you had hated on all the rest of the men in her life. So. <laughs> you feel me? It made it real. So, so it I made could, it very easy. Could, it made I your could, decision I could, I could less risky is yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You feel me, It didn't quite have the same risk after you hated on everybody. Yeah, you feel me? So I, I just feel like, yo, if you're going to take a risk, take a risk on you. I'm just being real. I don't see that yeah. as a risk. Yeah. I don't no, see no, no, that. No, no, no. I received that. Yeah, to add to it, to, to being real, and this is a philosophy that I know we all adopt, it's not a risk when you, you can't lose when you're learning. You cannot lose when you're learning. I think we had a podcast on that before. Whatever decision you make, dude, it's, it's something that, that you're going to learn in the process. Even if it goes bad, there's something you're going to learn and you know one way not to do it again. So you've just learned, I'm talking about you just saved yourself so much. Just by doing it the wrong way the first two or three times, you save yourself so much because you learned, Josh, back to what you're saying, learning on the go, learning in real time. Like you understand now that, oh, if I made that decision, this happens, so I'll never do that again. It's that simple. So now you know exactly three ways not to do it, and you could go a whole different direction, and that could be the way that makes all three of them look like nothing. So it ain't, yeah. And there's one, there's one surefire, yeah, there's one surefire way to, um, to win when you make that decision to go, and that's to go and go with some speed and go with yeah. some urgency, oh. especially in the business world. That's the part that if you're one to move and you can move fast and you can learn fast and you can adapt and change and figure out and, and really apply, you remove yourself from 99.9% .9 of the people out there because they're mm. just going to they're, they're gonna take info and they're going to sit and marinate on it. And they're going to But I'm saying, you go the problem with that, Joe, Josh. That's why I'm telling you don't do that because... When you start thinking of stuff in your brain and you wonder like, okay, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, it's false because you're not in real time. So I don't care what you're thinking in your little brain, you're, you're not actually doing the thing that you say you want to do. So it's difficult. It's like, you know, you being at home in your mind saying, what is it like to be in D1 basketball? What would it be like to be at practice? Versus Josh, I've been to practice. So practice is one thing, but can I be real with you? As much as these players like to practice, it's nothing, Josh, like playing the game. It's mm. nothing like being in real time. So that's why when you make a decision, what that decision does for you, it immediately gets you that much closer to real time. And like y'all said, we're, we're animals. So once you put an animal in a situation that's real, a lion gonna be a lion once you once you put it in a in, in a again the Serengeti. You you feel what I'm saying? Not 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 a safari. You know what I'm saying? Once you put it in a real situation. So for me at 19, while most people might have been like, "Yo, that's crazy," it's like, "Yo, what about the dude that never asked his girl?" Or he waited to ask his girl, and in her mind, she thinking, he don't want me because he never asked, and then somebody mm. else scoop your girl. You feel me? So for me, Josh, it was, let me ask. I asked. I'm not worried about the next five years. I'm not worried about the next 10 years. I'm just worried about her saying yes today. 
And then when she said yes today, then I was like, okay, then the next move is how do I, like, what is the wedding going to look like? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what, how much money do I have? Okay. So we went to Toledo. We went to the courthouse, got married. Okay, what's next? We got to find a place when we get back to college. Okay, what's next? I need to find a job. Okay, what's next? I probably need to graduate from college. You feel what I'm saying? I'm just saying a lot of you, all that thinking you're doing is not putting you in a real situation. Yeah, but when you got bigger stakes on the table, E, so you're talking about 19. Y'all didn't have nothing. And one of the things Josh said at the conference the other day is, yeah. When, when, sometimes it's, it's at your advantage when you don't have anything because you don't have anything to lose. Yeah. And so when you get to a point where you actually have something to lose, well, I think you, that's where I'm talking about making the decision, right? Uh, because that's, that, that's te- worse, theoretically, yeah. it should be easy. When you ain't got nothing to lose, it's like, all right, cool, no, go for it. We ain't got the, no money yeah, anyway. That's not the truth. But when I got yeah. a job, when I got a, a, a $3,000 a month mortgage, when I got a $500 car payment, when I got health insurance premiums, my kids got private school, all of these things, and I want to make a move, you get stuck in neutral to where you can't make that move. So I'm te- I'm, I'm so walk me through yeah, making that decision that when you got the pressure. Yeah, I don't believe that. See, I believe that it was more risky for me to do it at 19. You know what I'm saying? See, I'm just going to be honest. I feel where we are right now, if you took everything that Josh owns, I mean the stuff, Josh, you took whatever C owns, whatever car owns, whatever I own, To me, it ain't no risk, Josh, because we know how we made it. It's not no risk now. You can take everything I got. See, I can rebuild it. When I was 19 years old, it was a risk because I ain't have nothing. I ain't had no wisdom. I ain't had no experience. Mm. I didn't have no mm. knowledge. I didn't have no network. I ain't had nothing. That's valid. I didn't have nothing. Go for it, I Josh. I think what, e, what, what he's, yeah, what I was going to say is what he's giving you guys on the call, and I, and I, and so see, your question is, your question is valid because the pressure's different. Because when you're looking down in eyeballs of three-year-olds, it's, it's a little different. The pressure's a little different because you, because the, the worst case scenario in your head may be a little different, but I agree with E and what he's giving you and everyone that's listening to this right now is what he's giving you is the, actually the greatest success hack out there. Hmm. So people say, how do you become successful? That is the hack hmm. right there. That's how you shortcut it. Yeah, no, it, 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 yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, that pressure, Josh, if you can turn also the other hack is turning that pressure into something right. positive. Yeah, because yep. I told people somebody said to me the other day, Josh and I had a conversation about it. But dude was like, y'all got it made yeah, like E, the number one speaker in the world. Y'all on cruise control. I said, you do realize I got a one year old, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I got a one-year-old. So, okay, I, you say what you want to say. I'm like, I got to keep this up for at least 17 more years. And my wife got the nerve to be talking about another kid. So I could have, let's say we don't have another kid for two years. I could have 20 years before my third child, if God willing, will go to college, would even leave to go to college. And so you're talking about having to sustain this level for 20-some years. And so do I feel pressure? Yes. But pressure is good. Stress is not. And so if you can feel the pressure, because pressure can make a diamond, right? So that pressure can be a good thing. That stress, I've never seen stress be a good thing. And so to me, that's the other hack in this situation, Josh, is letting the pressure push you and not letting it stress you. He just walked through a process talking about 19 and getting married and all that. And that's the other piece that I want to share with people. See, there's something about when you start. And I think 
I think the, uh, there, there's that fear of the unknown. Okay, cool. You're not sure how it's going to play out and all that. But I'm telling you guys, there's something about when you start, you just take that imaginary first step. And all three of y'all, y'all tell me if y'all agree or not real quick. But somehow the next step happens to come out of nowhere that you could have never thought of before. That's just how it works. Literally, oh, no doubt. you take you take step one, dude. I, I don't even know what you do, but we leave this job or you decide you're going to go to Toledo E and then, OK, cool. We did this. Oh, wow. OK, so the next obvious step has to be this. Oh, bet. OK, so I need to talk to this. Like it just happens. And I'm not saying you're not going to hit roadblocks, but. The step three is never going to be clear. No, your gift you shall make room one. for you. There's no question. It's just what I what I started off this talking about with Toby. I used to tell Toby, put it out, put it out. And so he started sitting there on a the couch with his iPhone to his face and start recording raps. This boy got a whole like top flight movie film crew to come to Houston. They had cranes, drones. I mean, they brought in red cameras. They brought in all kind of stuff. And he did not pay a dime for it. They literally were like, yo, we're fans of the movement. We will shoot this for you. We will edit it for you. It's on us because we love what you're doing. And what you're saying, Carl, is so true. Sometimes you got to step out, put it out, and that next step is going to come to you. So while you're trying to count down the road all the way to the last step, you don't always know that, right? It's not going to become clear to you until you take that step, right? And so the further you go, the further you can see. And so we want to just start at the very beginning and look like put our hand over our eyes and go way down there. And it's like you can mm-hmm. only see to that mm-hmm. point. You got to walk to that point and then you can see further. So, you know, you're 100 percent right. Well, see, one more one more one more just quick thought. So none of none of my actual learning in the business world has been done through theory. Hmm. It's all been done by being out there in the in the workforce and getting punched in the face, making some good decisions, making some bad decisions. And then and then some of some of that theory when i go back to the books i've been able to take it and go oh now i get it but i wasn't smart enough to realize what the books were saying at the start because i wasn't advanced enough so it would just be theory so i'd actually rob myself from getting something started that was sustainable so you just have to get out there and just get moving so that you can you can learn because especially if we're talking risk and business and going you can sit around with the boys all day long and have chats and meet at Starbucks and talk and platin. But until you get out there and do something, you actually don't have a clue. Until the ball's rolled out in a sporting event, the game hasn't started. So what he was saying about practice compared to the game, the game doesn't start until, the, in, until you actually step out on a game and you're against somebody. And guess what? The world is full of people trying to do the same thing as you, just so you know. The, mm. the, the, the world is full of a lot of people. So there's people out there in almost every industry that are trying to compete against you. And if you don't get out there and get moving, and they do, they're going to win by default. All that planning, they're going to win by default while you're planning and putting spreadsheets together and designing a cool logo and picking what color the t-shirt should be and, and trying to design what the company trip's going to be in 2027 and how once you have a couple million dollars, where you're going to retire. All that's important, but don't forget to move. Hmm. And don't forget to order Organifi, (laughs) all right? Um, Listen, man, you guys heard us talk about it. Organifi is literally changing the way uh, that you consume vegetables, man. I'm on the red juice now, man, and the red juice is just crazy, Carl. Um, It's been giving me a huge boost, right? It is a superfood punch, all right? Listen to some of this stuff it's got in it. The fat loss, antioxidants, the anti-aging nutrients, 
All right, sweet, fruity flavor, low sugar, bunches of time saved, all right? You just put the packet in the water, shake it up, and go. We've been on Organifi for a while now. Josh is taking the Organifi. He's getting taller. He's like 6'10 now. Right? It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Um, but the, the uh, again, guys, the acai, the beets, uh, the pomegranate, the cranberry, all kind of, all natural, everything natural uh, stuff, man. Shout out, man, did you see the people in the front row at the conference the other day? They had their Organifi out. Yes, sir. And they were rocking it. They had the bottle. Like, I didn't even have that. They had the whole, like, jug, man, and um, the movement is moving, man. So continue to rock with us on the Organifi. We appreciate them uh, and their sponsorship. Just been a great partner in this podcast. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com. Go there, put in our promo code SUCCESS, man, and get you a discount, all right? Try it out. Let us know what you think. Hit us on the email, uh, info at etinspires.com. Let us know what you think about it. Let us know how it's changing your life. I'm on it every day. I take it on all the trips. I got it in my bag at all times. We're going on the cruise next week, and I will be on it heavy. Um, so, yeah, no, nah, man, get yourself some Organifi. Save yourself some time. Uh, hit it a couple times a day, man. Let us know how you feel. Shout out to Organifi. Uh, real quick, guys, I want to transition just a little bit. I want to stay on what we were on, but I want to go um, a, a little deeper just in terms of I guess that that stress level when things are not going right, right? And so I've obviously had conversations with E individually, Josh individually, but I don't think we've ever talked about it on the podcast. Um, there were times in both of your careers, right? I can think to one time with E where things were, you know, tough and, and you had like, you know, fell down in a hole. And Josh, you, you've expressed the same thing. Um, and I don't know who wants to start, but how did you pick yourself up out of that? Because we talk about this podcast uh, on the podcast, right? We kind of talk about, oh, get through this and go through this and charge through this and charge through that. And I, I think sometimes we do our listeners a disservice when we don't tell them about the harder times. And I mean, like maybe like depression or, you know, anxiety or whatever those feelings were of, man, this just doesn't seem to be working. E, I can think of specifically when, you know, we had a mess going on at work. We had a mess going on at the church and there was just all kind of crazy stuff and it was heavy. And so as we're talking about starting, uh, hopefully that conversation was helpful to those of you who are thinking about starting. But this actually happened to us after we started and there may have been some darker moments. And maybe, Josh, why don't you get started? I know if you feel comfortable sharing, you know, you mentioned some sleepless nights and, you know, some stress and some things like that. Um, I don't know. I guess share that experience uh, with the people and, and what was going on in your life at the time. And how did you pick yourself out of that as an entrepreneur looking to go to that next level? Yeah, sure. See, yeah, there's been I would say there's been multiple times in my right. life where that's happened. As an right, entrepreneur. right, right, right. Um, there's been so so it's not a it's not a one time and get through an episode. I would say there's there's still moments of that that can happen. And speak I, specifically to it, Josh. Like tell us what you yeah, were going yeah. through, what happened. Yeah, no question. So so one was one was a very obvious situation. So so people think about stress and depression, anxiety in, in entrepreneurship, and they think of an incident, almost like a car wreck. They think of it as like as as something happened, a one time incident that put you in there. And so so there was an incident. Um, where I had a, a, a friend and business partner. And if you've listened to the podcast and the first one I did, I think it was called the London Hotel Room. We went into the details of the story, but I had a business partner that stole uh, millions of dollars, affected a lot of lives. And not only did it, did, it, did it hurt business, but we were intertwined in our personal lives as well. 
family, friends, everything. And that, that whole situation put me in a funk, but it also made me go back and relive some stuff and deal with some things that I had never dealt with before in my life. So my father went, my father was in prison for, from the time I was four to the time I was 11 and almost 12. But I never had had, a, had to really deal with it because my family just put it on the back burner. And now I was watching my friend who was about to go to prison who had small children and I'm looking at them looking at myself hmm. and seeing the impact of it. So, so at that moment, see, I had a lot of depression. I had a lot of anxiety. But, but you, people would say to me, well, of course you did. That's insanely hard. That situation, that's like a car wreck. That's something, that's an impact. You know, that's like saying you have whiplash off of getting in a head-on collision. Of course you do. But there's multiple times across the entrepreneurial journey. So let's say I picked it up and two years after it, I picked it up. I don't hire people that I don't care about. I don't, I don't build a business and I, don't, and, and I don't do anything that I don't care about. And so therefore, when you're putting on those bricks, it's like climbing up a mountain. And as you grow a company, before you know it, it's like climbing a mountain. And every time you climb up that mountain, someone's putting another brick or rock in the backpack. Hmm. Because with each step of building that company, you're, you're, you're taking on more. You can't just add people and not take on more. And so as, as, as you are doing business, you get into a business to do business usually. He goes and does a speech, he gets paid. That's the business side. Right? That's the business side. What you don't realize when you're taking on a business and you're going to build a business, you're also taking on humans. And you're taking on their stress, their anxiety, their challenges, their life events, their children. And they're coming to you for all the answers. And a lot of times, especially as leading companies, you don't have all the answers. So that, that's a major brick that gets put in your back. So there's times, see, where I would lay in bed and I'd be laying there and I'd be thinking and, I'd, and, and I couldn't fall asleep and all of a sudden I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up and I'd look at the clock and it was 30 minutes later. And I, I didn't know if I slept for five hours or five minutes and I couldn't breathe very, very well. And this, this, this fear of, am I doing a good job? Do I know all the information? Can I move the company forward? Is someone better equipped to handle this than I am? And all those thoughts go through your head because especially, and I think um, E and he'll speak after me, but can, can relate and see, I think you can relate to this as, as taking the company and putting it on your back, but leadership is lonely because it, it, it stops up at you. And so there's, a, there's what, I, what I hope everyone understands is, and, and what e, why E's message on character and on, on, on the motivation and on and really on being a well-rounded human being is so important is there is a downside to every level of achievement that you have in entrepreneurship. So, so as you rise financially, as you rise and your business grows, as you rise and you have more employees, there's also a downside. And that downside can come with fear, depression, anxiety. That downside, CJ, can come with what you just mentioned a few minutes ago. And that is that, that you now have something to lose. Because when you first get married, and I'm, I'm, Ian and I have a very similar story. I married Heather. She was 20. I was 21. And, and I agree with you, E. If I would have let her go out into the world, she's a good one. I don't know if she would have been there at 30. So I think the smart thing to do was to, to get her early. But we only, had, we only had one way to go. And then we ran so hard to go and to get something that all of a sudden, seven years later, you turn around and look and go, whoa, how did life get to this point? good, but also with, with a lot of responsibility. And you start having those conversations where you go, man, the happiest days were the days where we lived in that one bedroom apartment. 
Happiest days are when we were free. And I think that's what E has done an amazing job as he has gained success, as he has, he has consciously tried to keep himself free and flexible to live the life he wants to live. And to me, that's ultimate happiness. But there's no, there, there's, there, there are very few, in fact, uh, see, you, I was sitting down at the other end of the table than you and E at the VIP dinner, and we were talking about this very subject with two, with two um, highly, highly successful entrepreneurs. And I was talking about this exact thing because they're talking about some of their challenges and their business is going great, but personally they're struggling. And they, they both looked at each other and they came to the conference together and they had never had this conversation. And they said, wow, I thought I was the only one. Hmm. Wow. And that's, and, and that's, the part of, that's the part of entrepreneurship and why it's important to be in a community. It's important to be in, in, around BU. It's important to talk to other um, entrepreneurs. When I met E, I knew I was sitting across from a peer. When I hired E to speak to the company, we went out to lunch. The speech at the company was incredible. And he by far over delivered. But when we sat there, I was talking to a high level individual. And in my organization, a lot of it stopped at me. So I needed someone outside my organization that could give me their best thinking outside of the business that I could look at and say, wow, there is another way. And E is a, obviously a very high level person. I believe a one of one in the world. So you're talking about one percenter in the entire world, not at what he does as a, as a um, career. So not, not, not in his speeches. I believe as a man, he is a one percenter in this world. And how many times do you got to sit across yeah. and call so let me So let me, let me real quick just put a bow on this um, so we can move on. But this question is for both of you. What did you learn going through that? Because, Josh, I think you're sleeping pretty well these days. Uh, e, I know you're sleeping well these days because you, you, uh, you got an insider and you're sleeping on uh, heavenly, heavenly pillow-top beds uh, in, every, in every hotel. But what did you learn that, has kept you from going back down that road? Or maybe Josh, I don't know, do you still have a sleepless night every now and then? Or, or what, what, is, what were the lessons learned to allow you to be better? And not saying that you're perfect and you know, God forbid you, know, you ever have to go down that path again, but what have you learned that's kept you away from those dark places um, th- these days? Yeah, I've, 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 learned to, um, I've learned to know the triggers which set them off. So I've learned through, through time experience the triggers that can set them off, so what brings stress. But the bottom line is the things as you go, um, and I hope people listening can get this, but as you go through experience of business, the things that used to affect me for a month affect me for a day now. Things that used to affect me for a day affect me for 10 minutes. Hmm. And so be, because as you overcome stuff, you realize it's not that hard to overcome it. Um, you know, Carl, we've had some conversations even yeah. through ETA stuff over the last yeah. two years where you've called and been in kind of a panic. I always say, calm down, man. Let's, yeah. you know, let's just talk through it. And what, what are we doing here? Let's just work through it. There's no, there's no challenge. Um, and, and, we're, and to answer your question, see, we're, we're, we're still, I mean, we're building Harbor on the, uh, um, right now. And I'm acting as the CEO of that company. And so that comes with some challenges and that comes with some days. But, but what I've learned is to, to recognize those triggers. And I think I have just gotten better not just in the professional world, but as a person. And so those, those things that I used to think were big deals aren't big deals. And when you get going, little deals become big deals, and that adds a lot of stress. Hmm. Yep. No, I like that. I like that. E? Yeah, I just same thing as Josh, man. Just personal development for me, Josh, you know, um, just constantly growing and getting better because I don't think that we won't have challenges, Josh. I just think who you are as a person, when you face that challenge, 
If you're the same person you were 10 years ago, then you're going to experience the challenge the same way you felt about it 10 years ago. But, but you know, if you were to pick up 200 pounds and you've been lifting weights, well, the 200 pounds, it's still 200 pounds, Josh. That doesn't change. Still 200 pounds. But if you've been picking up weights and dealing with weights, you know, you're not going to have the same experience when you weren't lifting weights. So for me, it's just like, yo, you got to keep yourself busy. You got you to keep reading. You got to keep growing. You got to keep finding out, you know, who you are, what makes you tick, so that when those challenges come, you could just be better prepared for those challenges. No See, doubt. I'll just add one thing off E real quick. Just, just I hope we, I hope we continue to get challenges, and here's yeah. why it hmm. works. Yeah. If we are experiencing expansion and growth as a business, we'll have challenges. If we're not, we're not going to have challenges. It's actually a surefire way to know if you're actually doing something, or not. And so, I hope we have challenges. I hope we, I hope we are always equipped to handle the challenges. But, but, E to win the Nobel Prize. Us to change the world. Those are those are big asks. You're going to deal with some challenges. There's no roadmap. There's very few people, maybe, maybe ten that have ever walked the face of the earth, that have, that have made a that have, that have made a giant, enormous impact that that we have a chance to make. And so we're going to deal with challenges along the way. There's no roadmap for that. So I hope we have challenges. I just hope that we we expand and we level up our game to be able to handle those challenges. Yeah, I saw a quote the other day that said, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, man, that's, that's probably the truth. You know what I mean? So you guys are skilled sailors. Uh, thank you for that. Let's jump into a new segment I want to I wanna call, uh, Hey Josh, because everybody who started it off said, Hey Josh. So um, <laughs> a, new, a new business uh, question and answer segment. Hey, Josh, let's jump into it. Um, Samantha in Maryland said, Hey, Josh, I started my home health care business two years ago. We're doing pretty well, and last year grossed just over a million. The problem is I'm putting almost 70 hours a week more. in in order to make it run. I can't keep going at this pace forever, and hiring good help has been a nightmare. Any suggestions? Yeah, I mean, uh, one, you're, you've only been at it for two years, so... Um, I'm assuming home health care, which I've never done, is a pretty intensive business. But you've only been at it two years, so you're still doing a lot of learning. And you're probably doing a lot of growing, which means you're adding people quickly. And there's always really a challenge when you're adding so quickly. Can you bag, maintain quality um, as you, as you I'm, increase I'm the quantity like, of people on your team? Because it's just why. one or two people, you usually have pretty good quality. But as you start to grow. But, you know, the question when you said... Um, Hiring good people has been a nightmare. I think for you, um, Samantha, is just to ask yourself, would I work for me? Hmm. Hmm. You know, and when you can answer, would I work for me? And the answer is yes, you'll find good people. So really just question, would, would you go work for yourself? If you, weren't the, if you didn't have all the power and it wasn't your company, would you go work for yourself? And once you have the answers, yes, you'll find some good people. What if the answer is no? <laughs> then, keep, then, then, then you need to work on that personal development and that leadership. Yep, love That's it. you need to work on. So join, breathe you. Tim in Fort Lauderdale said, hey, Josh, thanks so much for the info at Take Control Miami. I've already started implementing the strategies you taught us and it's helping tremendously. My question is, I'm great at the day-to-day stuff uh, in my business, but not so great at forecasting. You talked before about business field. My question is, are you born with business field or is it something that can be taught? Um, so I, I think I, I think I'm born with emotional intelligence. I believe my EQ is is 
is decently high. So I believe I can read scenarios and read situations. So I believe that's where the business feel is. But the other side of the business feel is experience. So yes, it can be taught because you can't have great uh, business feel. It would be like E sitting in his basement in front of a in front of um, the screen and only doing TGIMs and then expecting him and never doing a live performance and throwing him in front of 10,000 people. It wouldn't be the same if he hasn't had all these reps over the years of being in front of people as well. And so you just have to go out there and get that experience. And when you mix, when you mix your natural gifts that, that, that the good Lord's given you, and then you get experience pushed with that, then, you'll, th- then it kind of becomes this whole package that can do some pretty good damage in the business world. Nate in Colorado said, hey, Josh, I launched a software company in 2013. Last year we did $8 million in revenue. This year we are projected to do 11. My struggle is that while business is good, morale is low. You said before to fire yourself before hiring somebody else. I fired myself as the daily manager, but the person who I hired, who, by the way, came highly recommended, is doing a very mediocre job. How do you know when to give someone time to figure it out and when to... When it's my turn to step back in? Well, every, so everything rises and falls on leadership, um, especially in, in um, newer companies. So the fact that you hired this person, you are responsible. So even if they came highly recommended, you're the one that made the final decision to hire this person. So, so what you do is you give them, give them tasks and then bring them in and give them feedback. And I think what's really important when you're talking about growth of people in your companies is give them feedback but never make it personal. So give them honest feedback and very, very direct feedback, but make sure it's never personal. But you need to step in if it's, if it's um, impacting the business or hurting the business, but also if the person's a good person, maybe you hired them and they're a great person, but maybe they're in the wrong role. So if they're, if, if they're a good person and they're a good professional, but maybe, maybe you hired them and gave them too much responsibility, adjust them in the company and put them in a position where they can win. And, and being a owner of a company or a president or CEO of a company is kind of like being a sports coach. You're trying to find that perfect lineup to go out and win. Hmm. And so sometimes you just have the, you have the, um, you have the right people in, in the wrong positions. And then if, you, if there's not a position for them, then you need to upgrade your team and you need to help them. And I think you're doing them a disservice and a lot of people do their employees a disservice by hanging on to them. Hmm. And what I mean by that is they can't win. And so they can't go out. You are actually stifling their growth where they can go be great for another company. But because it's about you and what you think you can do with them, you hang on to them longer and you don't allow them to grow. And so it's actually your fault. So I sometimes, when I sit down with people, I have a very... Uh, have to have a very hard conversation. And the conversation is, look, I have failed you, but I think it's my responsibility to help you get on your next career opportunity. That is a brilliant way to fire somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I've failed you. You're fired. (laughs) But here's the deal, see, I I believe that because I hired them. Mm. So so I I brought Mm -hmm. them into an organization where I couldn't help them succeed. That doesn't make me bad at what I do. That doesn't mean that I made a bad choice. It just means it didn't work but they could go and be great for someone else, where for me, they may never be great. All right, let's take one more, um, no name here. Hey team, I love the podcast. I get to listen to it every Friday. It's amazing how you guys have inspired me down here in Zimbabwe. Shout out to Zimbabwe, we have a large following there. Uh, Hopefully we can get over there. 
you guys literally helped me go through my undergrad from TGIM to the podcast. The CJ always stresses, keep it short, so I will. I finished school and I begged this organization I now work for to give me a job, even, even offering to work for free. A year in and I'm helping them make 50K a month, but I get $300 a month. It's now tough for me. I want to keep on going. I just wanted to ask when... You guys were beginning your careers. How did you manage to live in the periods you had to be patient? Yeah, this is this is this is uh, one of my favorite things that happens with people. Just be careful what you ask for, and be careful how you do it. Um, and that is because you said, "I begged this organization um, to give me the job, and I even offered to work for free." Hmm. Right. And now you're saying they're paying you three hundred dollars, right. and you don't know how long you can do this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I, by free, so, so, I meant you know, it's just you know, <laughs> a couple weeks. Right? I say I'm just going mean forever, forever, ever. Hey, and fifty k a month. And here's though. the other part. Yep. Well, here, here's the other thing, though. See, uh, I'm a year in. I'm helping them make fifty k a month, fifty k profit, fifty k revenue. Hmm. Have you done it for one month? Have you done it five months in a row? Could you do it for yourself? How much, how much are you relying on the company to help you, that, what the company offers to help them do 50K? And if you're valuable, they'll pay you more. They will not let you walk if you're making them $50,000 in profit, mm. if they're paying you $300. Yeah. They won't. But you, you, being, you being out of school and only being a year, you probably have no clue if you're making them $50,000 or $50,000 coming at, into the company, but it's costing them $60,000 to make it. Um, I highly doubt you, you are privy to that information as a newer employee. Uh oh. So go back and get the numbers and then re email us, but just keep grinding. Right. E, you got anything on that? Yeah, you know, for me, man, I'm just being real. Um, just keep your focus, man. Like, what, what's the goal? You know, so like I said, being with the um, Tar Heels the other day, it's like you could tell, okay, yeah, we're disappointed. Who wants to lose the last game, you know, that you're going to play in your arena? But when your goal is bigger, it's the national title. It's like, uh, if we win a national title, you know what I'm saying? Who cares if we lost the last game? You know, or even if you lost the last game, but the year before you won the title. So for me, man, just stay focused on, you know, on the goal. What's important? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you attempting to accomplish? And just always remember that even in the best season, there are wins and losses. You know what I'm saying? So the goal is not just to win. The goal is not to lose. You know, the goal is whatever the goal is. Keep your eye on the goal and not all the stuff that happens you know, between the time you start and the time the goal ends. Yep, love it. Um, let's do one more, man. And uh, Josh, why don't you use this as the nugget of the day? Um, let's see. This guy says, Scott in Pittsburgh. Hey, Josh, what are your top three priorities as a leader and CEO? Uh, so leadership. So having great leadership, uh, great culture is as another one and then staying ahead of the business so staying a step or two ahead of the business so that as we scale we can we can keep growing to it yep. so i'm in charge of making sure we stay ahead of it um and and those are three that are very important and, and that takes a lot of time Love it. all right before you go there real quick let me introduce our sponsor health iq health iq is a life insurance agency that uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. 
Research has shown that runners who persist in running over an average of 5.9 years, they actually have a 29% lower risk of mortality and a 50% lower risk of death from heart disease. So why not benefit from your healthy lifestyle? The great news is that 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance, and these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. Health IQ can save our customers up to 33% because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, a 20% lower risk of cancer, and a 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. Like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. Learn more and get a free quote at healthiq.com forward slash success. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today. Again, it's healthiq.com forward slash success, or you can mention the promo code success when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Look, man, I appreciate you guys uh, joining us, uh, Josh joining us on the podcast today. I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to the the next podcast because we're gonna be on that boat. Oh, um, so excited about that! My first cruise ever. I got all kind of nausea medication. I got ear patches, <laughs> eye patches, brain patches. I get uh, motion sickness rather easily. But I know Josh, you get motion sickness too, riding in the back uh, of cars yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll be wa- I'll be walking. I don't have a fanny pack, but I'm gonna buy one full of motion sickness stuff. <laughs> Do you get motion sick on the cruise? You've been on the cruise. Oh yeah, yeah, but I come, I come with like fifteen band aids, thirteen wristbands. Does it really work? Instagram, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I've never. I, so see, I've never thrown up on a cruise. So oh, good. Uh, that's that's what I needed to hear. I'm good there. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I've never been on one either, but I get motion sickness rather easy. Remember when we were in London in the back of that Sprinter van? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That and, and in Maui on the road to Hana, as I call it, the road to hell. <laughs> it, oh, it killed me, bro. Uh, he, he was dying laughing. Bro, we were on the road. How long were we on the road before I threw up, E? About four oh, minutes. 13 seconds. <laughs> I got in the back of that little van. We hit three curves. I was like, pull over. Everybody's like, what? I was like, oh, I'm done. So I'm about to have a whole little body cast on on the cruise. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what happened. He just threw up the gorilla, threw up his banana. I'm like, what in the world? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Um, yeah, so no, cruise coming up, man. So shout out to everybody coming on the cruise, man. Live tapings of the podcast. You guys will hear it. Uh, also, March 18th, we are in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. So Texas, come out for the Take Control, man. The Take Controls just keep getting better and better and better and better. Shout out to Charlotte, man. I should say that. The energy in Charlotte was incredible. From the time we walked through the door to the time we left, it was on 10. He was on another level. E, were you pissed off this weekend something? I I meant to ask that. What happened, E? What happened, man? See, I told you, man. I'm like, somebody cut E off in traffic and he need to get (laughs) rebaptized because the way you spazzed (laughs) on. What happened, man, I was me and Linton and Blake and them been on we, and with the kid from Parkland, we've been on like mental wellness. And a lot of people feel like because they're not manic depressed, that they're not dealing with, you know what I'm saying? They're not dealing with depression. Like they're not dealing with some type of mental and emotional anxieties. And so for me, it's just like, yo, y'all, come on, let's get out of that. You are great. Like, let's stop playing games. Like, let's walk into our greatness. And sometimes when you look at Muhammad Ali, you're like, he cocky. And it's like, oh, my man wasn't cocky. You know, he was just like, yo, I'm going to 
operate in my, my highest level. And so that's what I'm doing right now. Like I'm, and here's the other thing that for real, that, that we haven't had time to talk about. I talked about it with Chris, but guys, the other thing that happens when you are able to get with a good team, when we first started Tech Controls, me and C. So now that you got Josh, you got Maya, you got Jamal, you got Chris, you got C and I, you know, doing our thing, it frees me up to be more of me. So there are times when I have to talk about stuff that, you know, I could talk about, but I'm probably 70% good at it. Whereas when it comes to what I do, so really with the conference now with Josh doing his pieces, whatever, like, yo, I could just go full ET. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could just go yeah. and be exactly who I am. And so that, that sounds weird to some of y'all. Some of y'all kind of like, you think you got to do a lot. I'm telling you, the trick with business is you finding your lane and just hmm. dominate that lane. And so that's what I'm not just do now. Not just business, the quick sidebar, but we joke at church all the time when I'm playing with the band. Like when everybody's there, dude, you don't have to do nothing and it yeah. sounds sweet. Cause everybody's yeah. just playing such a sweet low part of it. So yeah, I get that analogy yeah, so that's strong. That's what I'm doing now, bro. Well, and like, real, and real quick, what you realize too is, up. yeah, not, there's not a lot that, there's not a lot that actually matters, but the stuff that matters really matters. Mm. And the farther, the farther along you get, you realize a lot of, a lot of business life events is noise, but the stuff mm. that matters really matters. Hmm. That's a whole other podcast, Josh. I want to ask you like three questions right now, but yeah, I don't see hey. trying to wrap up. <laughs> it's like this podcast when, when everybody's hitting on all cylinders. The less I had to do is when y'all sleep, bro, I got to <laughs> carry this thing on my back and I get motion sickness from driving this ship. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, man, appreciate y'all. I got work to do, man. We got a short yes, week. Sir. I'm headed back to Michigan. I'm taking the babies to the grandma's. And, uh, and and Pop's crib, so they're going to be with them so me and my wife can relax on this cruise and get it in. I'm trying to go get something for the white party now. I'm like, I don't know if they got a whole bunch of white stuff in February, oh, but I'm going to run to the mall. Do me a favor. Hey, hey do CJ, me a favor buy and buy two. Oh, buy no two. doubt. But yeah. whatever you got, buy <laughs> three, because I promise I ain't thinking about that. Ah, uh, well, you might want to think, I'm about to get a white T-shirt and some white gym shorts. I don't know. I'm like, I don't. do they sell white jeans in February? I'm like, Ooh. I might need to go. Uh, I don't even know where to get that. So we'll find out, man. But anyway, appreciate everybody listening to the podcast, man. Go leave us that review on iTunes if you could. Um, man, shout out to our sponsors uh, this week for rocking with us. And um, we love you guys. We'll see you live from the middle of the ocean. All right, see you next week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul, with all your